24 hours a day, seven days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Welcome everybody to Damage Radio, heard here live on MonkerRadio.com and Music and Minds Meet. You already know me, I'm Marcy, alongside Matt, the Ultimate Kiss fan Porter. Happy New Year, 2023 in the house. And Matt, if we're going to come back in 2023, we got to come back with a, a bang. And right now we have a great guest in the house. She's a singer-songwriter. She opened up for country stars Brett Young, Randall Lambert at the Country Spirit Music Festival. Uh, she's from Bucks County and uh, she lives in New York, Tennessee. And she describes herself as a love, ch- love child of Shania Twain. Miranda Lambert, with a dash in New York City, a touch of the 70s glam. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Raddick. Ray, welcome to Damage Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Was that promo okay? The promo was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I try. <laughs> so uh, tell the Damage fans a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh, there's so much to know. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite things is movie quoting. So if you want to start a conversation with me, throw me a movie quote and we'll go back and forth forever. Uh, I'm from Bucks County. Pennsylvania. I lived there my entire life. I went to school here. Uh, my parents are from Pennsylvania. I went to college at DeSales University, where oddly I studied musical theater. I got a scholarship when I was uh, when I was a junior in high school for both music and or musical theater. And so I really wanted to do music, but then I realized that at musical theater at DeSales University, they encompassed a little bit of everything. So like, not only would I be getting Um, I would be studying in like math, English, social studies, all that stuff. But I would also be learning about acting and dancing and singing and stuff. So I thought I would probably benefit the most from going to DeSales University, getting my uh, my bachelor's in musical theater. And then, um, you know, kind of learning about how to be a little bit more well-rounded. Then after college uh, graduation, it was either New York, L.A. or Nashville. So I chose New York because I was an actress at this point as well. So I was a singer and an actress, and I was like, all right, I think New York, like, I think we can give it a try. And then I went to New York City. I got in a few plays, a few shows, a few TV shows, a few films. I was in a Super Bowl commercial, which is super fun. You got to talk about that, too. That was, oh, that's actually a really funny story. But if you want to Google it, it's a a hood cottage cheese commercial. And it's to the song Take On Me, because they have so many commercials. So there is that one. And the best part about this is that I'm actually allergic to cheese. (laughs) So when they called, when they were like, hey, you got the job. Is it okay that you're going to be tasting cheese? I was like, oh, yeah, there's no dietary restrictions. Just sign me up. It's perfect. (laughs) So after every take that we did, I actually had to spit it out in a trash can because otherwise I'd break out in like eczema and hives and stuff. (laughs) Did you get the package of cottage cheese sent to your house? Yes. You see my face? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, you know, like people were like, oh, are you going to get like some hood hood cottage cheese sent to you in the mail? I was like, no. (laughs) So what, what year is that? I don't remember. Ballpark. Nice. Oh my gosh, let's see. It was a Super Bowl. Mm, I want to say 20. <laughs> because now everybody has to Google, you know, YouTube that. I know. Hood yeah. cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. See what comes cottage up. Cottage cheese yeah. commercial. I know, I know. Yeah. That's your job, everybody listening. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I honestly want to say it was like 2020. Let's see, this is 2023. So it must have been like maybe five or six years ago. Wow. So yeah, I would say like Google, Google something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm the worst. I should have been prepared with that one, but it was hood cottage cheese. It was fun. Nice. It was a good quick 
it was a good quick one. And then that actually propelled me into getting some independent film work where I was like a lead and I won a few awards for best actress, which was super cool. And um, I was like, okay, I was like, acting's really fun. I'm, I'm having a good time doing this. And like, I always had this emptiness in my heart because I always really wanted to do music. And so I decided to start like auditioning for wedding bands in New York City. I was like, okay, if I'm acting Monday through Friday, you know, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., sometimes 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., um, I was like, well, let me see if I can do music at night. So um, I joined a wedding band, which was amazing. We performed every Saturday, made a lot of money doing that as well. And then that kind of taught me how to like become a better, I guess, like a better performer and train my musical ear which was super helpful because acting is really great when it comes to lyrics and storytelling and being able to really comprehend a good story versus a bad story and how something builds and relationships. So that's why I love acting and that's why I credit acting a lot. Um, but that also springboarded me into when I did finally delve back into music and being a, a true songwriter, that's where the wedding um, my wedding background kind of came in because it taught me how to really hone in on certain instruments and when when to um, lock in with rhythms and learn to harmonize and of course learn to play instruments which is really helpful when you're communicating with another songwriter or another musician so yeah it kind of took me okay, there I'm on the spot now <laughs> wedding singer Adam Sandler Showed up wearing my Van Halen shirt. <laughs> no, no, what does he say? He says, uh, I need you to get out of my Van Halen t-shirt before you jinx the band and yes. they break up. <laughs> See, well I, I, I'm testing you. Testing that. that was a great movie. That was great. great. That's my favorite movie. Is the it? Mutants, That's mine too. This is like me, Fatty, Mutants over at Table 9. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Dorsey. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's I get it, a, I get it now. Right? So DCLS University, uh, taking on a lot of projects there, you know, a lot of the different degrees and back because you have su such an interest. Yeah. Talk about being in balance and not going over the top, but also making sure that you know each, each each thing. Was that hard for you? Honestly, I've always lived my life like to the extreme. And when I say that, I mean, I never could do just one thing. I felt like I've, I've always been interested in so many things. So even when I was in high school, um, oh, hello, we have a little call in. Even when I was in high school, um, I would, I would do dance and I would go from dance class to guitar and then I would go from guitar to piano and then I would go from piano to um, singing lessons. So I was always doing so many things all the time anyway and I learned very early on to have a schedule and a calendar. So I feel like this doing so many things, having so many interests, that's just always been a part of me. Nice. And so it's not really overwhelming or anything. So we got our first caller, Damage Radio, who's on the line? Damage Radio, who's on the line? Yeah, hello. Hey, who's hi. on the line? Um, yes, hi. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think everybody knows me. My name is Rosario. I'd like to ask you a question. Hi, Rosario. How are you? <laughs> okay, good. Good. Uh, I hope that you've been okay. I've been following you. Uh, listen, I, I'd like to ask you that, you know, I never really had a chance to... to uh, discuss music with you, but in any event, I would like to know um, what what your favorite music is, and do you listen to a lot of different types? That's a great question. 
Uh, I love I love music. It's so cliche, but I, I love all different types of music. So the answer to your question is yes, I do. If you if you peer into any of my Spotify playlists, I'll go from like Dolly Parton to Bruno Mars to Lady Gaga to the Bee Gees to um, Journey to Linda Ronstadt. And so I'm kind of all over the place. And I think that actually helps me when it comes to uh, being a songwriter and really figuring out where I fit in and what really resonates with me. And Okay. Um, okay. Uh, now, the thing is, okay, related to that, do you, now, you know, I, I'm a big follower of jazz. I've been following for maybe 50 or 60 years. Yeah. But, and I, I also uh, love the, um, uh, the part of jazz uh, where you... Uh, yeah, you kind of uh, use the chords to do the improvisations and all. What mm-hmm. do you think of that? Well, first of all, I love I love jazz as well. Um, I'm a big Ella Fitzgerald fan. I actually practice a lot of my songs when I'm warming up to some of her songs. Um, I think what you're talking about is when people go into solos and scatting almost. Um, I think that's a really that's that is a skill that I have yet to master because I'm just a rhythm okay. guitarist. But I think that's okay. it's such a beautiful way to um, elevate a song. So when you listen to any type of Louis Armstrong and he kind of goes off into his little into his little solo, um, it always is a beautiful way to kind of change things up after you've been through a verse, a chorus, a second verse, a second chorus, and it keeps things yeah. interesting. And it also takes the music to another part before bringing it back in for a final chorus. Right, right. Well, you see, I really, um, I really love music, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't really pursue it as much as I should have, but I would have loved to have learned the chord patterns, uh, but um, I didn't do that. <laughs> but the thing is that I find that um, uh, listening to this stuff, and uh, actually, as you get older, I think you pick up a lot of different phrases. But um, now, what is what is your favorite? Would you say you have a favorite song? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so hard. Aside from, yours, but aside, aside from the beautiful ones that you have written, which I've been listening to, mm-hmm. but is there is there one that you you know like a pop song that you that you like very much? Ooh, um, it's so funny because I feel like this answer changes every couple months. But right now. I'm going to tell you my favorite song to listen to is How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. I just think that is such a beautiful song. I'm, and, you know, you mentioned harmonies and chords. I think that all the chords that they used in that song is so beautifully constructed. I think the chord patterns are beautiful. Um, of course, the Bee Gees are known for their harmonies, so listening to their blend is fantastic. And I actually, uh, a couple days ago, I was listening to How Deep Is Your Love, and then I wrote a song kind of based off of that, but kind of use that as like inspiration for a new song that I'll release later this year. But my answer to, to that is probably, uh, you know, the Bee Gees. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, okay. thank you so much for calling. Okay. We appreciate it. Okay. Uh, oh, I, I just one more thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just like to tell you, Ray, uh, if you say you love this, listen to this. Uh, this is this girl from, actually from Italy. Her name is Roberta Gambarini. Listen, okay. she, she sings... Jazz and but I think she's just as good as an any jazz artist ever were. Okay, I will. And Thank you. If you could listen to her, and also I'd like to ask you one question. Another, another, just one more thing, and then I'll leave. I'd like you to. Uh, I don't know if you. I, I guess you're a Sinatra fan, but mm-hmm. if you ever you have you you know the song that he wrote, this love of mine. Uh, 
if you ever if you ever hear or listen to that, uh, I'd like you to try to to reproduce that. Or maybe maybe I can I can hear you do it. Okay. Oh sure. You mean like do like some kind of cover? Well, yes. I mean, I don't know. Sure. Do, you, do you know that he wrote he wrote the song "This Love of Mine." Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'd like to hear that. I would like to hear you perform that sometime. Okay, okay thank you. I'll write that down for you. Okay. Okay. And uh, oh, Thank right, you so much for the call. We appreciate now. it very much. Uh, Thanks, thank Rosario. Have a great time. All right, bye-bye. Bye now. Bye. Hey, look, anybody that wants to call in, the number is 215-619-7366. Rosario show, he took yeah. over as the host. That was yes. nice. He had a lot of good questions. Definitely. 215-619-7366, Damage Radio. Definitely. Now, my <laughs> buddy Jeff, who's listening, always makes fun of me because I still have CDs in my car. Um, <laughs> what's one, um, maybe a CD or a Spotify a song that you're listening to that someone would be surprised about? Because me... I listened to someone from the from Lansdale area, The Wonder Years. Yeah. Or The Starting Line from Bucks County. Oh, I love The Starting you know, Line. You can have the best of me, yeah. you know? That's oh, fun. my gosh. So what about you? What's, what's something that you listen to that someone would be like, wow, I didn't know. I would, would it be a local artist or just like? Anything. Any, 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 any local artist or just in general. Uh, I always like to support my friends, and my my friends that I still listen to are Matt Dorsey and Matt Friedman. Oh yeah, we, um, damaged guests. Yeah. I was gonna say you've well, already nine, had them. Yep. <laughs> Got the Dor- Dorsey hat on. Yeah, so I, I still listen to their songs. I think they're great, and you know, of course, we have to support each other. Um, I would say a CD in my car right now is Fleetwood Mac and Karen Carp and the Carpenters. Nice, I know, right? Okay. Well, Damage yeah. Radio, who's on the line? Hi, this is Kelsey speaking. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Ray, I am doing amazing. I miss you over here in Maryland. Oh, I know. I miss you, too. I have to come back and play there again sometime. Yeah, you should. Chrissy is now a fan of you. (laughs) Tell Chrissy I say hello as well. I will. (laughs) We miss you already. Oh, thank you. You got a question? I have a question you for go. you, Ray. Yeah. Since you love breakfast food, my question is, do you like to eat something with the eggs or eat them alone? Uh, that's a wonderful question. So my favorite meal is indeed uh, breakfast. I-, I love to eat scrambled eggs on toast, almost like a sandwich. But weirdly enough, mm-hmm. I only like bread on the bottom with scrambled eggs on the top. I don't like it to be like a true sandwich where it's bread, eggs, bread. So okay. it's like nice and open. Totally I love scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, so I like to scramble my eggs, put some salt, some pepper, put that on uh, on like a base toast. Some ketchup? And then, no, actually, no ketchup. I got to watch my sugars, although it's like so random. But yeah, so that's that's probably like my go-to meal. And I actually had that last night for dinner as well as breakfast. <laughs> I love to eat scrambled eggs. It looks <laughs> like I'm on your side. <laughs> Just watch the salt. I mean, have a little bit of salt and pepper, just enough to flavor it. But <laughs> Kelsey, thank you so much for the call. You guys are so welcome. I love Ray Raddick. Oh, I love well, you too. She's the best. She's the best. And uh, thank you so much for calling and thank you for listening. Thank you. I'm continuing to listen. Thank you, Kelsey. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you too, Ray. That's awesome. This is my favorite you know, part of the did job. Did you know that the original version of Yesterday by the Beatles was Scrambled Eggs? Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, Ray, I know I'm looking forward to hearing you sing. I know the fans are, too. So uh, do you have a song for us? There, one, a of, song? of course. I have many songs. Which right. which ones do you want to hear? Any one you want. You pick one. All right. Or let's go to freestyle today. Whatever one you think. Whatever one's on this. 
Hmm. Cover, original, whatever you're thinking. <laughs> Let's do How Deep Is Your Love. No, just kidding. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, I'll do my first single off of my album, Keep Them Guessing. It's always a fun, upbeat song. Puts people in a good mood. All right. I've I get it, you're a go-getter Keep talking about yourself, I don't mind You said it, you are so impressive Dominating everyone's time You're pushing me to come over But I keep my friends by my side I keep my enemies closer Keep them guessing, keep them in Got a breakthrough and I got my own crew Cause I don't play with win or lose No, I do what I wanna do Talk money like you wanna own me You can buy my love Don't worry, I'm in no hurry I'm having so much fun Stringing you along You're pushing me to come over But I keep my friends by my side I keep my enemies closer Oh yeah, keep them guessing, keep them in line Keep them guessing, look I don't try But I've got a breakthrough and I got my own crew Try to make me over Well, I don't want to I don't need your help to survive The more you try to control me I operate my own damn way Keep them guessing, keep them in line Keep them guessing, look at them try Look at them try and play games And I keep a straight face Cause I don't play with win or lose No, I do what I wanna do Keep them guessing, keep them in line Keep them guessing, look at them try But I've got a breakthrough And I got my own crew Cause I don't play with win or lose No, I do what I wanna do Looking at you, looking at me Tell me what you want, babe Everything I need, I got Turn around, I'm walking out Woo! Thanks. Live on Maka Radio, where music reminds me, Ray Raddick, Ray, that was amazing. Thank you. Now, uh, what inspired you to pursue a career in music? So, uh, you know, it was, I was doing acting, and I just, I noticed I wasn't fulfilled, and I also know that I'm a huge night owl, so waking up early, like, when you're, when you're an actor, you have to wake up at, like, five in the morning, get to set by, like, six or seven, then go into hair and makeup, and then you actually start filming at nine. And I was just so miserable because and I sometimes have... you got to eat cottage cheese when you're right. allergic. <laughs> exactly. And who wants eggs at five a.m.? You know? I don't know. I just it was a little too much for me. Like for people who are early birds, I truly, truly commend you because I don't know how you do it. I have tried for so long to be a morning person and I can't. Um, so I was just like I was so tired and unfulfilled. 
Uh, not that acting un was unfulfilling. It, it certainly was. But I also just noticed there was a missing piece in my heart. And then that's when, uh, when I started to kind of branch out and do weddings, that's when I like everything kind of clicked for me. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is what it feels like to really, truly be happy at the end of the day. And I was like, everything just kind of, I was finding like my flow. And then once I was able to kind of write songs and get them produced and write like these amazing these amazing like things I was able to really like um check in with myself and really go to bed happy and really go to bed knowing that like what I'm doing with my life and my time is really making a difference well self-love is so important and we forget about ourselves so much oh my gosh that's been the biggest journey for me is self-love and like being my own best friend because at least for for myself and a lot of my my women friends who I know were taught to have such high standards and weirdly enough we're taught to hate each other because if another girl's prettier than you therefore she's competition and it's so backwards so i really had to do like throughout this process there's so much of an unlearning i had to do about like again self-love towards myself and also just love for my other females out there you know if there's a if there's another woman who's prettier has a great body that should be celebrated that should not be um looked down upon and that certainly should not be um a recipe for you to hate that person right yeah and competition's out there so much and you're competing with somebody and you just kind soul just going out there just doing what you do best focusing on you yeah and and um you know it's, it's easier said than done oh, I know. you know so it took me a couple years to really integrate that into my life and then when i see other people doing that to me i i understand that they're at a different point in their journey so if if, if a woman is treating me um, in a, a disrespectful way. I know that it's coming from a, a different insecure place. Um, but it's unfortunately, I feel like that's something that we still need to learn as a society mm -hmm. is like just women trying to help each other and not to look at each other as competition, but instead just try and be there for each other because all of us, every human being is going through their own thing. Right. Everybody's got their own demons and their own battles that they're facing. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say is how do you keep that mindset in something like acting or music, which are so competitive. And especially now, I always use the thing that it's, right now everybody is on the stage. Nobody's mm -hmm. left in the audience. Because did you know I have a podcast as well? And I write songs as well. And I was just in this and that. Mm -hmm. It's like almost one-upping. How do you keep that kind of really positive mindset going when it's kind of like everything you're doing? It's this, I feel like it's a very cutthroat kind of a mm -hmm. business, if you want to say. I feel like acting, any type of performing, I feel like that's the most cutthroat business right. of all of them. So, I mean, you brought up some wonderful points. And um, to be honest, I really have to check myself when it comes to social media. Like if I notice that I've been on Instagram and I'm really feeling like a piece of crap, I will, I will try and make sure that I just um, give myself like a detox for the day. Um, so I try and be diligent on social media, but I also know that we have to find a good balance between like comparing ourselves to other people. And you have to be really cognizant of you're watching other people's highlight reels whenever you're on Instagram and TikTok. And so many people buy followers. So like if they have, if somebody has a million followers, you don't know if, if all of those were really earned. So there's so many things behind the scenes. So you have to talk to yourself by saying like, Hey, you know, remember where you were last year. Oh my gosh, look at the progress that you've made and really try and focus on the things that, um, 
I guess the areas that you have grown, the things that you are proud of about yourself and your journey, and really try and not compare yourself to other people. It's so, it's so uh, cliche and it's really, really hard and it's a different outlook. But when you start training your mind that like, this isn't really a competition, it's just about flavors, you know? So like, I don't know, I look at, I look at someone like Marin Morris or, or, um, you know, Carrie Underwood and I'm like, oh, they're amazing. I'm sure if like we were all, I'm sure we would all be friends one day. They just got breaks, you know, earlier in their career than I did. Um, and my time will come. But if I look at that in a bad light and I say like, oh, I can't believe, like I'm more talented than they are. Like I can do this and I can do that and they can't. That's just like, you're just suckering yourself in for like even more depression. Or I make more money than you. It's all about following your dream. Like me, I Mm -hmm. work at West Taken High School and seeing the kid pull his grade from a 50 to like a 65, that means so much more to me than, you know, Mm -hmm making you know a record or like you know having damaged a million followers on damage it just yeah. that's what it's all about making sure these kids stay out of trouble because these days this is society it, it's scary i don't I mean, know if we could get a million listeners that'd be pretty hey, good i'll be impressed yeah <laughs> I mean, you know dream big yeah right yeah. I also feel like, too, if you ever listen to, like, celebrities, they're the first people to say, like, oh, you think that when you become famous or when you have money that your problems go away. And they're like, it doesn't. Yeah. It, you're, like, you're not happy. So I, I feel like once, like, so I've heard so many celebrities say that, and we have to take what they say into consideration. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's, like, a marketing scheme. I think they're truly being honest. Right. Like, this, these aren't really things that are going to make you happy. You think they are, but they're not. Right. So where has music taken you? You mentioned New York and Tennessee. Yeah, um, everywhere. So I've been, um, I've been to Punta Cana. I've been to, um, uh, of course, in, in terms of the U.S., I just finished a tour. So I did, um, I've been to Florida. I went to South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Delaware, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Utah. Um, I'm trying to get on the West Coast, but it's a little challenging because right. it's like a flight and like all these other things. Um, and do you have I, a favorite road story? To be honest, like, I feel like my life on the road is so boring. Uh, to Like, uh, I know, I wish I had some <laughs> fun things, but I really have to take care of myself on the road because people don't understand, like, the amount of energy it takes. You know, you get to the venue a couple hours before your show. You set up, you meet with the sound person, you go through your set list or whatever, and then you actually do your show. And then you meet people afterwards and you talk to people afterwards. So right then and there, that's a couple hours of you dedicating a lot of time and energy into that. So when you go home, or at least when I go home, I crash. <laughs> like I stop at McDonald's, which I never eat. I, like I stop at McDonald's on the way home. And then you I have just, that order that you get at McDonald's that you always get. Kind of. I just yeah. get like, a, like two hamburgers and like a big, a nice. big fry. <laughs> Sometimes I'll get a big Mac. It just depending on the day. The number one. Yep. <laughs> sometimes but like I kind of have to really be careful about like my voice and the amount of uh, usage that I do with it so if I'm if I'm utilizing it throughout the day talking and singing and screaming and belting then when I am on the road I have to make sure that I'm silent so like when I'm driving or when I'm flying I ha- I'm like on vocal rest a lot damage radio who's on the line Jim hey Jim how's it going doing great how you doing Good, thank you. You have a question? Well, I have a couple questions. Perfect. First is, um, does Ray have, does, how, what, how much influence does her grandfather have in her life? <laughs> he's, in her, he's in her videos. Mm-hmm. And, and she, I believe she owes him uh, a royalty check. You're the worst. 
First of all, hi, Jim. Thank you so much for busting my chops. Nice. Uh, I actually spoke to my grandfather a couple hours ago. Uh, unfortunately, uh, him and my my Nana have COVID right now. Oh, no. So, uh, you know, luckily they're, they're doing okay. But, like, you know, it's it's COVID, so you don't want to mess around with COVID and old people. Um, they're doing fine. No, no mature people. I'm mature. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's me giving you some spitfire back. Nice. Um, no. Damaged. Yeah, all the damage. Everyone's completely damaged, damaged. on the show. Um, and my other, my, but my second question is, will we be performing next in the near future in the Philadelphia area? The answer to that question is yes. I have a booking agent that's on, um, that's on it. So I'm hoping okay. to release a little bit, uh, a few more show dates as the cup, as the upcoming week goes on. But as of now, I know that for a fact that I'll be performing with one of my bands. It's called Jesse's Girl. It's an '80s tribute band, and we'll be performing okay. at the Keswick Theater. Um, I believe it's in April. I want to say like April. Let me see really quick here. Right by it's, the Willow Grove Mall. Exactly. Yeah. It's April 21st. So we'll be at the Keswick Theater. Very exciting. You know, it's always nice to kind of take a break from my own music and just sing fun 80s songs and spandex. So that's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> 70s and 80s, they're the best. Um, so that's where I will be performing in terms of the Philadelphia area. And then um, to go back to your first question, uh, my pop-up, who is probably my biggest influence just in life in general, he influences a lot of my songs, especially The Soldier in the Bombshell. And... Um, He's my best friend, and he is such a, a role model to me because of the way that he lives his life. Um, you know how, like, when people talk about, you know, uh, what's that one? Like, a momentum. And, you know, if you, you're always attracting happiness and you're always attracting wealth and good things, you know, some people just have a positive aura about them. I want to say that's that's definitely my grandfather. Like he's able to walk into a room, make everybody his best friend, make everybody love him. He's loud, he's hilarious, he's obnoxious, and he's so fun and he's got a great sense of humor. And I try to I guess borrow or extract some of those qualities onto myself as like a tribute to him. But uh yeah, he's definitely like a huge influence on my life and my music. That's awesome. And he is and he is a gentleman in your one video. Yeah. <laughs> So the first song that I ever, I, I ever recorded and ever did a music video to was called Love Sick Wonder. And uh, I needed, uh, I needed people in the video. And I was like, well, I don't have any money. I'm like a new artist. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So my parents didn't want to be in the video. So I asked my grandparents to be in the video. So if you look up, if you look up um, Love Sick Wonder by Rihanna Raddick, that was my name of my original name before I took my stage name, Ray, uh, you'll see, <laughs> you'll see Lovesick Wonder. Uh, they're the old couple, uh, I think like halfway through the video. That's great. <laughs> Jim, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it very much. And thanks for listening. <laughs> yep. We love Ray in the, in the Delaware Valley here and we think the world of her. Thank you so much, awesome. Jim. You guys are great. Yep. Take care. When you said Jesse's girl, automatically I think of the TV show, Jim. I never saw that. Oh my God, really? What no, it? it's Rick Springfield. No, come on. Gem. Remember Gem? The, the yeah, but come cartoon? on. Jesse's girl, if you want to check it out. Stuff, right, right, right. Yeah. Rick but, Springfield. Yeah. Makes you want to put your guitar through the mirror. I know. So, oh, can, can you take us back to your first ever show? The Jitters. Where where was it? How many fans? Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh. I feel like I've been performing for as long as I can remember. So, I remember my first voice recital, which I didn't. I didn't perform my original stuff 
So um, I remember that was when I was 12 years old and it was Christmas. And I don't remember what Christmas song I was singing, but I remember being super, super scared. I was 12. So I had no idea like what to do um, with my voice, I guess. And like how to perform. Cause when I was a kid, I started dance lessons when I was three. So I understood how to learn a routine and execute my body in front of people. So, um, I, I knew how to perform, but when it came to vocal performance, that's a different thing. Like usually you stand there and you be vulnerable and like, you just use your voice. So I didn't understand how to, um, how to come across and perform at that time. So I think I remember like my voice shook the entire time and I tried, I tried to like move a little bit, but I tried not to move too much to be distracting and my family was there and they're like, you did great. But like, luckily they didn't record it. So I can't go back right, and watch yeah. it. But there was that. And then the first time I ever did um, a song where I was singing and playing was uh, my high school talent show. And I sang Taylor Swift's love story. And I was like, oh, if Taylor Swift can do it, I can do it. So she was an inspiration <laughs> for me at the time. And I remember being so nervous because our talent show was in our, a big auditorium. And I went to Council Rock South High School. So if you've ever been in that auditorium, it's a huge stage. I want to say it seats like 300 or 400 people. And at that time, I had never performed for that many people uh, singing and playing guitar. So I'm pretty sure I messed up a lot guitar-wise. But everybody loved me, which was super assuring. And like Love Love Story is a great song anyway, so kudos to Taylor Swift. But I remember um, I remember being in a flow state and a lot of people say, you know, you can figure out your passion and you can figure out your purpose in life by a feeling. And I remember I remember in that moment I was singing and I was playing and I saw people's phones and I saw the light from the phones when they're recording you in the audience. And I remember being like, oh, this is it this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I like, I could spend the rest of my life on here yeah. and everything just, just kind of clicked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now how about your first guitar? My first guitar was, um, hmm. my grandfather bought it for me when I was 13 years old. And it was when I just started, I've always written songs, but I didn't know how to play it. Um, so when I was 12, I got voice lessons and then, um, I was talking to my dad and I was like, I think I want to learn how to play guitar because it's going to help me. You know, Taylor Swift plays guitar and I really saw other people play guitar. So um, in order for me to get lessons, I had to get a guitar first. So my grandfather got that for me. And then my dad was able to kind of sign me up for uh, for guitar lessons. And then, uh, yeah, I guess it was like a tag team in that way. Nice. I remember it was a Taylor. It was a Taylor acoustic guitar. And um, I remember it had to be really small because I'm, I'm a really small person. So my hands don't, especially now, like they don't stretch that much. So I remember going to the guitar store and like, they're like, okay, this is like the smallest neck you could get. And so I was like, okay, this is fine. And I remember like trying to understand how to spread my fingers out to make a C chord and an F chord and what a journey it's been. Right. The one and only song I know how to play is Green Day. I was just yeah. say, what's, what's the first song you remember really kind of getting in charge of? The first song I learned to play was Jewel. It was um pieces of me album. It was like a There you go. So yeah, I would I would So kudos. Bring it back to my memory. Yeah, right? Cuz it was like a 90s throwback and I think my guitar teacher was like, "Okay, Jewel, she's an easy person to sing and her chords are really easy to learn and it's something that I could learn and then uh, show off right away." So my teacher was like, "Okay, you can learn that." 
But like oddly enough, where they teaching you like more of the finger picking style, like you didn't just start with kind of like the big bar chord, like you know what I mean? Like I didn't learn bar chords till much later. I I remember he made that's me pretty amazing. He yeah, like when you when you first play guitar, and a lot of people don't know this, but you have to build up mm-hmm. the calluses in your yeah. fingertips. And I remember crying a lot because I just I hated that feeling. Of course, I was a girl and I had no idea <laughs> band aids on everything. Yeah, so like, and I remember for one of my um one of my I think my high school. I don't know if it was my high school talent show or maybe it was like the year later, but I, I had to practice a lot that week and I had band-aids on my fingers and I was crying and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I don't like playing the guitar. Um, that was just me being dramatic, but I remember like- No would, way. Yeah, <laughs> as way. an artist, what? What? What is drama? Um, yeah, like he would, I remember like having to write down and like physically have to move my fingers in between the frets to create a C chord and then create a, a G chord and really understanding what the shape was and then trying to remember the feel of it, where it sat on my fingertips and then um, the spacing. And like, like I said, learning, because nobody just picks up a guitar and plays it. You have to understand that your fingers have to stretch and like, it's, it's really something that you have to practice. So when you look at Van Halen or when you look at anyone, it's because they're so good because they just practiced and practiced. And so that was something that I didn't want to do, which kind of, that was a terrible habit. But I, you know, I pulled myself out of that one. Nice. <laughs> nice. Strumming uh, is always helpful. Do you have another song for us today? Always. Do nice. you want like something fun, upbeat? Yeah, I know upbeat. you like, Let's do upbeat. you like, sorry's not good enough. Okay. So this song, this song was the first music video that I directed. So being an actress, I was like, oh, I understand how to do things and like all that stuff. So when I um, when we wrote this song and we came up with this, I was like, I have a vision for this and I'm going to go with it. So I hired people um, to come to uh, a set and I was a director and being a director and an actress in the video was super hard because like you do it and then you have to run behind the camera and watch the playback and then you got to run back in front of the camera and do it differently and then run back so it was a lot but um it was fun it was a good learning experience this is sorry is not good enough you can find it on youtube facebook instagram all that good stuff i'm driving by and feeling myself i'm walking away from you I never knew you can love me then hurt me till I'm black and blue. I'm keeping all your stuff just to burn and tear them apart. You make me weak at the knees, but it's worth a broken heart. Tripping out, tripping out, tripping out over you because you you try to control me, but I'm way too crazy. Tripping out, tripping out, tripping out over you because I, I set your heart free and you won't forget now that it's over. I can't forget what you said, I already told ya Nobody's lying in my bed, it's harder and harder I can't seem to get you out of my head, but it's over Oh baby, sorry, sorry's not good enough You hit me up late at night cause you're drunk and want my body And just like that, take your back, just proving that I'm insane I'm lying there on the floor of my bathroom by your feet Good for you, you learn how to love me and hurt me Tripping out, tripping out, tripping out over you Because you, you try to control me But I'm way too crazy Tripping out, tripping out, tripping out over you Because I, I set your heart free And you won't forget now that it's over I can't forget what you said, I already told ya 
Nobody's lying in my bed, it's harder and harder I can't seem to get you out of my head, but it's over Oh baby, sorry, sorry's not good enough You make me crazy with the things that you said I said no, sorry's not good enough Oh no, no, sorry's not good enough I don't know how, but babe, I'm losing my mind Saying sorry's not good enough Oh no, no, sorry's not good enough Now that it's over I can't forget what you said I already told ya Nobody's lying in my bed It's harder and harder I can't seem to get you out of my head But it's over Oh baby, sorry, sorry's not good enough Now that it's over I can't forget what you said I already told you It's harder and harder It's over, baby Sorry's not good enough Man, Ray <laughs> Raddick live here on MonkaRadio.com where music and minds meet. Completely damaged radio 2023, starting off with a bang. 100% live. Wow, that was outstanding. Thank you. Now, how far along in your songwriting career you write something like that? Oh, gosh. That was written three years ago when wow. I was writing my album. So Outstanding. Not too bad. Thank you. Yeah. And Matt, like you always say, when we're, when we're live here, just two mics. Right. This is as stripped down as you can get. You know, there's not even really like EQ or echo or we kind of just throw the mic at you and say, okay, go. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because I'm so used to being able to move a little bit on stage. Right. And I'm like, no, don't move. Yeah. Just tight, on radio. Right. Don't move Small at all. Small studio, right. <laughs> Stay in one place. Yeah. That's true. Now, um, talk about a little bit, uh, Matt Friedman and the Herd, and how you guys all have different sounds, but you all come together, like Dorsey with blues, uh, Matt Country, you. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about that and how you guys mix all in together. It was great. So uh, it was during COVID. Obviously, I lived in New York City for many years doing my thing. And then when COVID happened, everything shut down literally overnight. And I remember I called my parents, and I was like, okay, so I think we're supposed to quarantine. I, I know that they're going to shut down New York City. So should I stay here? Should I come home? And my parents who live in Pennsylvania, they're like, just come home. They're like, we'd rather you be here with us instead of a tiny New York studio apartment. So I came home and I was still writing. I was still doing songs. And Matt Friedman contacted me and I was like, wow, this name sounds familiar, but I I haven't spoken to this guy since like high school. And so he was like, hey, do you remember me? And I was like, yes, I do. I remember we went to Council Rock South together. And he was like, yeah, so I'm also like coming up with my album and I'm a singer songwriter. I've been following you. I love the fact that you're following your passion. Like I'd love to get together with you and if there's any advice you have for me. So that's kind of how it started. You know, um, we went to high school together and then he reached out later basically saying that he's a fan of mine. And, you know, if, if there's anything I could do to help him, I was like, absolutely, mine as well. So we kind of started a friendship back again. And then, um, you know, we would always kind of bounce ideas back and forth about like, hey, I have a song, what do you think? And he'd play it for me and I'd give him my feedback and, and vice versa. And so uh, Matt has been really great with his, uh, with his songwriting career and just really getting to the next level in such a, a quick amount of time. Because, you know, this process is, you know, can take forever. So he's doing really, really well since, since I met him in met him again in 2020 and uh when i when i heard his sound i was like okay he's going for more of like a drake white americana country thing and so um he asked me to be one of his backup singers in uh one of his shows i said absolutely we're of course any anytime you need a backup singer you just let me know so um 
that's when I met Matt Dorsey because Matt Dorsey is his lead guitarist. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. He just like, give him a guitar and he just shreds for days and he's, he's so incredible. And um, I was like, hey man, you're really good. Like, what's your name? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm Matt Dorsey. Nice <laughs> well, to meet there. you. Yeah. And he's super tall. And uh, so, you know, we just, we became friends very quickly as well because when you, um, when you have people who really love music and they love the art and they appreciate other talented people, um, you know, that all just kind of, I feel like those those types of energies find each other. So then um, Matt Dorsey was telling me that he was, you know, writing an album and if there's anything I could do. And I was like, oh, I, I think you should work with my producers up in New York City. Like, they're amazing. So um, I feel like it all just comes down to, um, what is it, like, meeting people on the job and then you just instantly have a connection with, not in a like a, in a, um, like a sexual way, but just like a friendship way, you know? Like, people just love music and you want to just put so much love and good out into the world and then people just kind of stay in contact that way and then you're just trying to help try and help build each other you know wherever we're all in different points uh in our journeys right now and we're all just trying to kind of help each other back and forth no matter what right now you were also putting an album together and, and when we hit COVID, mm. halfway through done it was awful talk about the you know talk about all the good but talk about the challenges oh it was so challenging i hated it like <laughs> You know, it's really, really important to be in the studio when you're putting together music because you have to communicate what's in your head to the to the people who are bringing it to life. So to just give someone a, a lyric or a song and say, good luck, make this happen, it's most of the time not going to come out how you want it in your head. So to be in the room is super important. Um, luckily for me, we were halfway through the album uh, during COVID. So my team, my production team in New York City, shout out to Gidra Productions in Brooklyn. They knew how my mind worked and they knew how much I really love harmonies and they knew how much I really wanted to bring like a Fleetwood Mac rock, but like classic style as well as bring in some of the influences of country and like pop. So they understood where my vision was and they were so great with bringing it to life because I couldn't be there in the room. And there were a lot of emails back and forth of like, hey, here's a rough draft of sorry is not good enough. Like, what do you think? And then I'd say, oh, this is great. It, it feels a little it feels a little poppy. Can we bring in some more X, Y, and Z? And then they would make some tweaks and they'd send it back to me. So there was a lot of back and forth. And then um, after a couple months, I think I was able to go into the studio and I was like the only one there. Um, and when I say that, meaning the only one in the building, like, I had to drive in New York myself, and I think I had to go through, like, a, a few checkpoints uh, from, like, police officers or something. I had to, get, like, go through checkpoints and then get into the studio. Of course, everything was masked. I couldn't touch anything, but it was to try and get, um, try and get my vocals for, I believe we were doing Miss the Most. And uh, I couldn't do it in my home studio because I was a ter I am an artist. I am not a technician. So they're like, oh, build a home studio. I'm like, What? Yeah. I do not understand what you, yeah. what's logic. Like, what is a condenser microphone? What are you saying? So uh, I, I had to go into the studio for that, and it was just such a hassle. But you know, we we figured it out, and we put it together, and it was one such a beautiful a blessing in disguise. I got to ask you a question, because I see we're running out of time. But describe your process as far as writing. Where do you get your ideas? Do you jot them down? You sing them into the phone? Kind of take us through that. That's, I find that the most exciting thing when you talk to artists. Because there's things floating out there. How do you grab them? 100%. You have to be in a flow state. 
And like everyone, when you when you listen to Bruce Springsteen, Prince, you know, any, anyone, they all say it's already there and you just have to tune into it. So the way that I could describe it is almost like you have to stay in such a, an open state and then the song will tune into your frequency and it will come to you. So a lot of these songs were just, they just, uh, they, they just come to me like when I'm in the shower, when I'm driving, when I'm cooking, when I'm running on the treadmill. Um, and then what I do is whenever I get a, either a tune or an idea for a tag, I immediately jot it down in my phone. So sometimes it's a voice note. Sometimes it's just a lyric. And then later on that night when I'm feeling artistic-y, I will sit down, I'll light some candles because I always have to write at night. For some reason, I cannot write during the day. Maybe because I'm a night person anyway. Um, but like, I have a very specific process when I write songs. So like, it has to be at night. I have to have candles around me. Um, I have to have uh, a cup of tea. Yeah, like I have to have a cup of tea. And I also feel like it gives me an ambiance because the world is asleep. So if it's three in the morning, I know no one's going to call me like, hey, can you send me this email? You know, everybody else is asleep. So I'm able to just hone in and focus on what I'm trying to do. And um, I'll go back to the voice note and I'll listen back to it and I'll play with it around and I'll say, OK, I remember this is what this is what I really want to do with this. And and with this song, I really want to I really want to channel Shania Twain and and this and this. So um, it usually just comes to me as, as I guess the short answer of it. And um the way to do that is to make sure that you're constantly in a flow state and you're constantly just open to the idea. So as soon as you do receive the idea, you can write it down, get it out of your head and then visit it when you're, um, when you're, when you have time. And really, where do you, do you write about real people, real instances, fantasy things? What do you think really inspires you the most? It's actually a skill. I didn't even realize this until the past year, but when I was writing my when I was writing my album, I was like, okay, it has to be about relationships because everybody loves a love song. So most of my songs are about relationships. And fortunately enough for me, I was going through a breakup at the time. So I had a lot of ammo to draw off of. Nice. Sad songs inspire, you know, you know, yep. sadness inspires lots of great songs. It's <laughs> true. I think that's what the, Phil Collins, when he, uh, when Phil Collins came out with his album, his award-winning album, they're like, what was your inspiration? He's like, well, I got divorced. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah. So like so many emotions. And that's again, where I credit acting because as an actor, you have to be constantly tuning into your emotions. So I knew exactly how I was feeling. And, you know, as an artist, you have to write from the truth. So luckily that was an easier time for me to, to write about relationships. And then halfway through the album, I was like, I also don't want to write just love songs. Like, I want to write about other things, too. And that's kind of where The Soldier and the Bombshell came from. That's like a story about two characters. It's not based on, on my personal experience. Um, and then same with Circle Game. So Circle Game is about um, technology. And I was like, I feel like this is, a, this is an unspoken conversation. Nobody wants to say this, but like social media sucks. Yeah. <laughs> social media is causing so it much. It ruins so much things. Yeah, like anxiety and depression. And it's, of course, going back to that um, conversation of women looking at other women. And they're like, oh, they're so pretty or oh, they're so skinny. And not realizing that those are filters or like, you know, maybe they got a lot of filler and Botox and that's why they look good. So I feel like um, social media just really changed the, the exact game. right yeah. angle. Yeah. yeah. It has to, you know, has to be from the top. You don't need to know it. it's been a thousand pictures. Right. Yeah. And like anyone who takes a photo from the bottom, you get a double chin and then people bully you on it. Tell me about it. Like, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And so, uh, you know, circle game was a breakthrough for me because I was like, this is nothing to do with relationships. This is about technology and where we're going as a society. So, um, 
you know, I'm trying to find that beautiful balance of looking at things that I'm observing in society. And at least with my upcoming singles, it, they won't all just be love songs. They will be about observations and where society is going and the patterns that I'm seeing. Definitely. But at the end of the day, you know, the songs that sell are love songs. That's so you right. have to be realistic, too. Now, are you working on an album right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, people want to get more information about your folly. Where can they go? They can go to my website, www.ray, R-A-E, as an extravagant, R-A-D-I-C-K.com. And there you can find everything. I am the most active on Instagram. Uh, I'm also very active on Facebook. TikTok, I am trying to get tuned into, but there's only so it's many hours much, in the day. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok's so hard. So, my, you know, if you want to follow me on TikTok, of course, I would love more follows and likes. But, you know, I'm just... There's only so many hours in a day that you can dedicate your time to. Now, do you have a favorite quote? Oh, my favorite quote is probably, um, um, I actually have two. My favorite is, you know, the, um, the footprints prayer. It was then that I carried you. I actually want to get that tattooed. Uh, I think it's such a beautiful poem and I think it's a beautiful quote because it reminds you whether you're religious or not, it doesn't matter. But sometimes in your lowest points, even though you feel like you're alone, you're really not. So whether that's Jesus carrying you, whether that's a higher power or any ethereal being, it's just a kind of beautiful reminder that, you know, you're never alone. You know, people are always looking out for you. Angels will always be there for you. And um, I think my other one is... Um, dun, dun, dun. I know, I feel like I have to... What if you fly? Oh, I feel like something that I always challenge myself with is like... Um, oh, no, no, no. Um, you know, like when you question yourself and you're like, oh, well, what if I fall? Right. Like, well, what if you fly? Well, mine's without struggle. There's no progress. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that's exactly what you have to remind yourself. Not everything is just an easy cakewalk. Nice. Maybe for Bruce Springsteen it yeah. is. But. <laughs> for those guys, yeah. Oh, that's, he worked hard. That was, you know, think about that. Mm -hmm. Now, see here, look, going all the way back to the start of the show, musical theater and movie quotes. Mm -hmm. Ready? I'm going to put you on the spot. It's so hard to have a good time. Smiling makes my face ache. Whoa, man. That's, that came out. Come on, Rocky Horror. I, okay, believe it or not, I've actually never seen that. Oh, I know. Damage. I know. People have always busted my chops for that, and I'm like, I'll get to it, but I still have not seen it. You got to throw another I'm one now. No, that's, that's, that's the only one. Oh, can, I, can I go, can I uh, throw one back at you if you're okay. on Rocky Horror? Um, how about we have... We have one cheese pizza. See, now, right away, I think that's Home Alone, right? Yeah. Yes. Nice. And, and then the Got funny it. thing, the Got other it. part of it is one plain cheese pizza just for <laughs> me. I'm going to give you the count of three to get your low. Or <laughs> out my one, two. That's See, so now, funny. we all just watched Home Alone at Christmas. Now, Same. you got about a year to get to Halloween because yep. that's when Rocky Horror. So, okay. you know, yep. come back then and we'll we'll do Rocky Horror He's quotes. He's so good. What's the guy in it? He's so Tim Curry. Tim yeah. Curry is yeah. fantastic. Like, I feel like he makes... Home Alone, you know, and he makes probably Rocky Horror Picture. Now, see, isn't that funny? Right. There's there's yeah. all kind of uh, tie-ins there. Oh, and this we, we watched the, the three Santa Clauses with Tim Allen. My, oh, yeah. my kids love it. Now, can we have one more song to play us out? Of course. Yeah. First, before we do that, I want to uh, give a special shout out to my son, Dylan. He turns eight on Friday, Woo! Friday the yeah. 13th. So, D, thank you for always being my inspiration. You and Ethan, uh, you guys mean the world to me. And I love you guys so much. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Dylan. Happy birthday to you.
Priceless. Hey, that was beautiful. That was, awesome. that was a so little much. Ella Fitzgerald. I love it. Where did that come from? <laughs> so Damage fans, thank you so much for listening. Ray, you're always more than welcome to come up whenever you like. Thank you. This is a home for you. Yep. And uh, yeah, guys, we're going to leave it right here for Ray Raddick, live on Damage Radio.
gonna get your dream Even if it means being away from me Maybe I'll see you on the TV Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for coming in. We hope you had a good time. Of course. You guys are awesome. Thank well, you so much for having me. We appreciate it. Right, right back at you. Happy New Year, everybody. Remember, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkeyRadio.com, where music and lives meet. Thanks, Ray. Completely damaged. Completely damaged.